<laughs> Why, hello there, oh. Mr. Dom Salvucci. Mr. Harry Burno. Shoes, I see. How you doing? Yes. Uh, I was just bittersweet. Bittersweet. It's the golden shoes going with the rest of the Southwest. Uh, ben, to the new Southwest Regional Director. I'm only going to have it for a couple more weeks. Wow. And then we switch off information and yeah, do a little camera adjustment there. And I won't have the shoe anymore. It'll be leaving the broadcast. I got to take some pictures to upload. Let me and... get some water. Let me get some water for the fake tears to be sad and it won't be in the background <laughs> anymore. I just got to figure that out. Uh, I didn't time that up well. All right. Next time. Next time. Oh, I know. It's uh, that transition. Yeah. All that, all that jazz. And yeah. Um, yeah. Here I thought you were just lamenting because the snow's still stuck around and different weather's going. So, yeah. Okay. So, not no, that I deal. was. All right. I did a walk in shorts and a light hoodie today after work. Wow. It was winter coat in the morning. Like the whole mullet thing, you know, business up yeah. front, party in the back. It was winter coat in the morning, hat and gloves, and shorts and a light hoodie in the afternoon. It was beautiful it weather today. What's it like out Western, by you? Hold on. Western PA mullet is winter jacket. In, okay. I'm, I'm working on getting my new, you know, Dr. Seiler gave us some different information last week, some more Western PA stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm always learning. I'm always learning. Uh yeah, weather-wise, you know, we were supposed to get that little southern slider kind of kicking through Saturday morning, and, you know, it ended up being a little too warm, so that didn't roll through the the storm before that. That was a – it hit, you know, pretty fast. And, again, we've, we've talked about it how many times that, you know, weather geeks, teachers are weather geeks yeah. around this time. But the um, the layer of air right above the surface was warm, and where the, the snow was coming down, obviously it was really cold, cold enough for snow, and it was falling at such a fast rate it couldn't melt – so, I mean, you know, PennDOT's been on every single local news channel talking about, how, you know, what happened, how they got caught without pre-treating because it was torrential downpours before it kicked over. Like, yeah, that they was could pre-treat. I am. Now we got a, we got another system coming through, but the air is going to be too warm. We'll finish it out. And then next week, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, that possibility. So we'll see. So, um, yeah, but it's, a, you know, it's a, always a fun time to have the seasons. I couldn't imagine living yeah. in a state that doesn't have – the seasons like we do here oh, in PA, I so I do appreciate that. Yeah. We had ice because I went out to shovel, and I guess like south got more snow, but it was a light, fluffy snow, and they were talking about, oh, we used the, the snow, the uh, leaf blower. And I went out with the leaf blower, and nothing moved, and I went out with the shovel. I'm like, oh, this is all ice. So <laughs> it was like it snowed Friday into Saturday, warmed up enough, and then it got cold again, and everything just froze, and it was a sheet of ice. And I was nervous because uh, we do – I call it snow formation X because it sounds so much cooler than just park in the middle of the driveway. It's like we're parking snow formation X because it's cool sounding mm -hmm. and <laughs> just line the cars up so I can run the snowblower down both sides of the vehicles and we're good. But yeah. I'm sitting there like, I'm like, this is a sheet of ice. I'm hoping my truck doesn't slide into the other car. That would be bad because <laughs> that's happened yeah. to me before. I've been stopped on an icy road and the truck, my truck just started sliding. Nice. I'm like, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah, the, the last storm, so my daughter was in town because, uh, gosh, 2000, I, think we, I, I know I talked about it on the pod before, but listening to that comedian and him talk about Valentine's Day and what he was doing for his wife. And ever since then, I've been taking my daughters to Hershey right around Valentine's. It's usually never on, but we usually go, if there's a day where there's like, you know, schools like a traditional snow day, but the roads aren't mm -hmm. terrible, we'll truck. We went Friday, we have a winter break around here. Um, and it was, you know, mi minimal people. Like, where can you come off of the chocolate you know, ride and then they the, the sign doesn't say take one or there's one person it's take a handful we're like, <laughs> all right 
Kit Kats it is. And then, uh, nice. so, but you know, back when the pennies were being pinched really hard, it was like, all right, guys, we're going to do this like 15 times because that's the candy you're getting because we're not buying you these bags. <laughs> so a little different. So we, we did that. And then uh, they always get a milkshake. That's been the tradition for the longest time. And the, the number of milkshakes has grown as the year's gone. And now the big one they had was the, I guess, their new big cup, the, uh, the peanut butter cup that they're having. So it's the chocolate bottom, a layer of caramel, then your peanut butter, then chocolate on top. So they had a Ooh. milkshake for that. So that was the hit. But, um, but the tried and true traditional, they don't do it. They don't do the ice cream, the dark chocolate ice cream anymore. But you can't pass up a dark chocolate uh, milkshake. So they had to go and put the dark chocolate, like the fudge on top. But nice. that, that's the tried and true. So we nice. do that. And gosh, my oldest is 20 now. So 18 years or so we've been doing it. So we have a picture of her holding the big candy bar. And then when Ireland was born, then Abby. So all three of them holding the candy bar, like all uh-huh. over the years. So. So anyway, just uh, that the, the yearly tradition. So it was, uh, it did happen, and uh, yeah. So th- we had three cars in our driveway, and I've got the windshield blades all out, everything to go. And it literally was like, it was. I just had to brush off the cars because <laughs> it was just rain for us. So, so not too shabby. Well, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. Beat it. So and then we had you know President's Day off, and um, and then kids had reentry today. So getting back in and getting things rolling, we're. I mean, we do trimesters, so next Friday, not this Friday, is our the end of our trimester. So, um, you know, so getting last-minute science labs finished. The kids are doing Connect stuff, and I'm working on 3D printing wheels for them and, and then all the math stuff, so cranking through. How about you? How's the school year? How'd reentry go for you coming off of uh, Pete and C? Um, I'm getting caught up, getting my legs back. I, I put the kids out on a, pro- a project, and... They started it whenever I left, but I, I set it up. They're using Canva. It's our Civil Rights Black History Month project. Everything was set up before I left. They went in. They just started with um, taking notes. You know, they went through, like, set up the Google Doc, ask, get some feedback, formative feedback, exit questions, and just getting things set up. And then whenever I came back, we kind of sat down and, and continued working on it. But I sat with them and saw where everyone was at. It was group work. But – uh. Aaron Sams gave me a great idea. He did a presentation on AI. I caught the tail end of it on uh, Wednesday. And his, uh, his con- comment was, do you want the, the learning to be the outcome? Like if you're doing a project or writing, you want that to be the, what they're learning or do you want the process? And that hit me pretty good. And I was like, you know what? I slowed down on the project. We're still working on it. Mm-hmm. But just the whole basic, you know, finding reliable sources taking notes, citing the notes, uh, advanced Google image search, which you'd be surprised how many high school kids still can't do advanced Google image searches. And we're <laughs> doing Canva videos. So I had them storyboard on a Google doc with oh, their script. Cool. And they were like, so I says, you don't put any words up. You can put like a couple titles, the picture on the, your script, take what your notes, put them in your own words. Then, you know, next picture. And, you know, say what you want to say. And then I showed them how to do the work cited and that'll be the screenshot. That'll be the last two images on their presentation. So we're working through that nice. and uh, we slowed down a bit, but the kids enjoy it. I think um, some don't, but you know, a lot of them are like, this is easy. I'm like, this is, we don't normally like, once you know what you're doing three to four days tops, I said, but it's taken us a couple of weeks because so you got to learn the process and uh, you know, but they got, they got Hershey kisses. I found some Grinch kisses, uh, bags of them for under two bucks. So I grabbed the a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And not not just not just Grinch Hershey Kisses, on sale. Grinch on sale, Kisses. under two dollars I mean, a bag. Nothing Grinchier than that, my friend. Nothing and, Grinchier than that. And I, I gotta love it because like the family usually comes up, and that's our once a year, maybe twice a year. If my daughter goes out to Harrisburg when I go up to KTI Summit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was given a list of what to get. You know, the giant cup. <laughs> I did save money because my wife took her to the chocolatier, and there's a chocolate infused there's like it's a chicken wrap or chicken sandwich that has a chocolate sauce infused on it and it's phenomenal but the chocolatier is a little pricey Mm -hmm. i'd rather do the milkshakes um yeah so i got i got out of doing that i didn't have to carry one of those back but i got the giant reese cup and uh i got my dark chocolate bags a little dark chocolate and i got them like twizzlers and i hit the like you know four four for twenty dollars or three for twelve dollar bins in the back and like okay it's mix and match stuff <laughs> that's good stuff all right man well listen if we keep talking about chocolate we're gonna put on weight so we gotta watch this all right so listen oh. it's i hear the word on the street is it's tuesday yes it's the third tuesday oh Speaking there, of chocolate oh. oh we gotta unveil those Reese's later pieces. We got, oh <laughs> now the the virtual green room is now in dom's <laughs> office yes green room okay all right so <laughs> We really need to stop talking because afterwards you'll be munching on those and that'll be your your podcast five that you'll put on this week. All right. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, hey, listen, it's Tuesday. It's the third Tuesday. I think it's time. For the PACT pod. All right, man. Let's roll it. Welcome to the PACT Pod, a show for educators by educators. PACT is a 100% volunteer-run organization that focuses on educational technology use in the classroom in Pennsylvania and beyond. My name is Eric Verno. I have the true honor to be the president of PACT, and with me tonight is always my co-host. Dom Salvucci. I have the privilege of being elected vice president of PACT, and thank you for that honor. Yeah, so definitely a, a new a new spin on it. So our second, we got to unveil that because our in-person podcast that we presented with, uh, we actually had to go in and change our names on the screen because we forgot to, and it was just after the <laughs> official uh, meeting happens, and we rolled over into our new positions during that time. So it was definitely a, a, a great time. So listen, you and I can talk forever. I've heard from several people at Pete and C about Sometimes our banter is perfect for dog walks. Sometimes it's too long. <laughs> They've got they can listen to it. They got to do another lap around the house. Like I heard some interesting things about how people consume the podcast while we were at Pete and C. So it was awesome to hear that. But we, you and I both know, the best thing about our podcast is when we talk the least and we invite very smart people to talk about yes. other topics. And that's yes. a winning formula that we should never forget. So this podcast is called uh, Tech Talk. Uh, the P- the PACT pod delving into the Cyber Sisters world. So we are going to invite two uh, very impressive individuals to come on and chat with us. We have Allison Keefe and Emily Sattler, our pod guests. All right. Hello. Hello. How are we, ladies? Very well. Excited to be on. Excited to see you guys. Good. Hello. Welcome, ladies. 
<laughs> I was hoping they wouldn't get too uh, nervous because I forgot to tell them about that last transition. So anyway, we just uh, popped them right on. So good stuff. So all right, well, let's go through. Let's see. On my screen, I've got myself, then Dom, and I was, so we'll start with Emily. Emily, tell us about yourself. Uh, where do you teach? What do you do during your day job? <laughs> we all have 50 million day jobs. Um, yeah. So I... I am at a cyber school. I'm at Commonwealth Charter. Um, and I am, our official title is instructional specialist, but basically I'm an instructional coach. We also do all of the professional development for K through 12. So coaching wise, I technically only work with high school, social studies, art, and music. Um, but professional de development wise, we do K-12. So I do a little bit of everything all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Allison, the question to you. Yeah, same thing. Um, so I am also an instructional coach um, at Agora Cyber Charter School, which is where I've taught for the last, I think, 11, maybe 12 years. I always have to go by Emily. Um, <laughs> started exactly the same time. She helped me to uh, find this job initially when we were uh, out in the word world sort of looking for educational jobs together. Um, and I am a middle school instructional coach. So I work uh, with the social studies team and the ELA team. Um, so that's always super fun because uh, Emily used to, back in the day, uh, be yeah. on the social studies team. So they're all my buds from there. And uh, the ELA team is all my buds from back in the day as well. So it's a good, good mix of things. But you guys know instructional coaching, all that kind of stuff. It, it is the uh, the many hats role of, of the, uh, of the teaching yes. world. So great subjects you work with, by the way. Oh, listen, <laughs> I, I love them. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> now that's awesome. So, all right, well then I guess, so what I love is I know I met you both for the first time, I believe through KTI, uh, maybe Emily a little bit more locally. She's living in the, in the area. Um, and what I think is so awesome is, the fact that our organization, um, you know, we welcome uh, the interaction with different cyber schools, charter schools, and it's not just about public, public schools or public education. Um, and then, so hopefully, when you you know had that KTI experience, hopefully you felt that welcome as well. Oh, very much so. Um, I know my I had my KTI experience in 2019, um, and Emily had gone before, so I, I should actually let her probably talk because she she got me into this world. This is all your fault, Emily. <laughs> I feel like that's the story of our lives. It was like it Emily is. does something first, and then I wrote Allison into it. Listen, sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. I was actually the first person to go from Agora um, because I was, I'm pretty sure I was at a PACT thing, and somebody was talking about this thing called KTI, and I remember being like, is that actually useful for someone who's in cyber? Because all I hear are about like STEM challenges and technology, but like I use technology because I teach with it every day and I can't do a STEM challenge because I don't have physical objects. Um, and the person who I was talking to, which I couldn't even tell you who it was anymore. Like, I don't remember. Um, they were like, yeah, you'll still get something out of it. Um, but, and the nominations are open. So go tell your principal to nominate you. So I literally like left the meeting and emailed my principal and was like, Hey, can you nominate me, me for this? And she, I was like, nobody from Agora has ever done this before. 
Um, and so she nominated me. She was like, yeah, sure. So <laughs> she nominated me. And so then I like went to all of my friends who had done it before from PAACT. And I was like, can you like help me? Like, I need help wrapping my brain around this application a bit. Um, and then because for us, things do look different. Um, and I was one of two cyber people. I went in 2018 and I was one of two cyber people. Um, and so that was a little bit tricky um, just because like you're in this room full of brick and mortar teachers and they had instant connection with people. Um, so it definitely took me a little bit longer to find a group of people because I didn't have that instant connection. Um, but as I've gone throughout the years from 2018 to now, like I have found a group of people. Um, and then the next year I went to my principal and I was like, hey, it was great. We need to nominate somebody. And she's like, who do you think? And I was like, I think Allison would be great. <laughs> and then the next year we were like, Allison and I combined forces and we were like, we think this person would be great. Um, so we've kind of like spread it and kind of planted seeds. Um, but, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about like applying for lead learner again, because when you go and you're a cyber person, it is hard to find your place and to be like, I need to find someone who else is cyber because there, I always say there's an extra step in cyber because you need to try to figure out, well, how would this work in a cyber classroom? Um, trying to just figure that out because you don't have that instant connection that all of the brick and mortar teachers do. But I do think that that's changed, obviously, since the year that shall not be named, right? Like, yeah. um, and I, but, but I will say, even even before that, um, going in 2019, and, and one of the things you guys should know is that Emily and I actually went to high school together. Um, and so I always say she was like the in the cool older music crew. We were in the same music department. She was friends with everybody who was like the lead in the musicals and stuff. And I was always like, oh, my gosh, Emily, she's so cool, like part of that great crowd. So if there's anything that Emily was doing, I knew it was cool. I wanted to do it too. Um, and that has been this podcast uh, that, that we host together. This is um, and once I actually got in there, I was really pleasantly surprised by how many people there who are just excited to think about pedagogy and think about the struggle of it, right? I didn't go to any person and say, man, I can't figure out how to do this on an online platform. What tool can I use? And everybody was like, it was like a workshop, right? It's like, okay, you could use this tool or you could do this thing or you could right? There's such a sense of camaraderie, I think, in the ed tech community already. Um, and I think on top of that, there is something really fun to the puzzle of pedagogy, right? Like, how am I going to combine these different elements to get myself excited, to get kids excited, to get learning happening? Um, and it was like having all of those like-minded people sort of right there. Now, it also helped that I was, I'm a super nerd, right? So I got to meet my, uh, we have like our wonder project that we we all did. I think you guys call it something different now, but back in the day, it was it was the wonder project uh, that my Gamify Ed crew. And so I think also when you're talking about gamers, right? It's like, we're yeah. we're especially lovers of puzzles. So it, it worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and obviously, you know, Obviously, Emily's lying about loving KTI since she's wearing the purple sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Listen. Uh, totally <laughs> well, I knew you two were going to be wearing PAECT. So I was like, let me switch it up and wear the KTI sweatshirt. 
All right. So now let's so let's go. Let's fast forward your KTI, all the awesome stuff. Um, so then how has that, you know, changed your trajectory as far as being more involved with PACT since you brought it up there, Emily? We'll start up with Emily. Um, so I had been going to PACT and I actually got involved with PACT when I first moved out to Harrisburg. Um, I had a friend who, when I was living in outside of Philly in the Southeast region, who was like, you should get involved in this tech group. And I was like, well, when I'm moving and you're telling me, but you live here and I'm moving and she's like, but there's a group out there. And I was like, okay, but I don't know anybody. And she's like, it'll be fine. I still remember the very first meeting I went into, I was late because I had an appointment and this room was full of people. And now that I know it was probably like our most well-attended meeting ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I walk in late and I had like messaged whoever was, I don't know if it was the organizer who or regional director at the time, I don't remember, but I was like, hey, I know I'm going to be a little bit late. And they were like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. But so there was like one seat left. Um, mm -hmm. But everybody was like, welcome. You must be new. Um, and I can't, I don't remember where it was anymore, but it was like a packed meeting. So I had been going to meetings. I still remember, Bruno, I guess it was probably once you became regional director, but you were like, you come to all of these meetings and you never win anything. Have a pen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, tight tight but, budgets back then. Tight budgets. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but then I became our region's events chair. I had to think of what the yeah. official title was. <laughs> um, so I've been doing that for two years now, I think, maybe three. Um so, and we've slowly gotten more people involved, which is awesome. So now I'm not doing it by myself, which is great. Um, definitely having more help is good. Um, so, and we've had some really successful events this year. Um, so, and I'm super excited about some things that we have in the works coming up for yeah. the end of this school year. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Nice. Yeah. No, I do remember. I want to say, was it Roosevelt Tavern? It could have been. I think it was somewhere in York. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah, I walked in and, it was yeah. Like you had to go through the restaurant. It was like, it was a smaller room. So it made it yeah. look like there was a lot of people. <laughs> Let's not think it was like, you know, 5,000 people in there or whatever. But yeah, yeah. I think I do remember that first meeting. So I forgot about that until you said that. I was like, wait a minute. I think that's what it was. So that's awesome. All right. How about you, Allison? Um, I mean, I jumped in pretty, pretty head first immediately after going to KTI. Um, so the, the group that I sort of hung around with the most, which ended up becoming sort of our gamify ed group, um, we had John Meehan there as the like keynote speaker. And it was sort of like the first year that he was the keynote. Um, and he, for, for anybody who does not know who John Meehan is, um, he is just an incredible, incredible, um, author, teacher, speaker, um, all about how to get gamification into the classroom in like really practical, really actionable ways, stuff that like is not going to be too difficult. Um, and since he was there, um, our group was trying to figure out what are we going to do to like continue, uh, keep this kind of going. Um, and so we went to John and we're like, hey, we want to run like a book study 
of your book? Are you going to be down with that? And John is super open for anything and everything. And so he said, of course. Um, and we ended up connecting with some of the PAACT members. They were like, do, do you want us to kind of like host it as part of like our Twitter? Um, and we ended up running a couple of different book studies um, with uh, Gamify Ed and uh, different books. Um, we also did um, an Alice Keeler. Um, we did a couple of them. Um, and that's, that sort of got me involved in the world, got me involved in Southeast though I'm about to become an out-of-state member because I am moving to New Jersey, but I love PAECT so much. I'm definitely going to be moving to that, that out-of-state membership. So plug guys, you do not need to be in state in order to be involved, right? I'm, I'm going to be the champion mm -hmm. of that. Uh, yes. moving yes. forward, so. <laughs> yeah. that, that is recent. And even before you could still be a member of PAECT, yeah. but now we have a region out-of-state region dedicated to people out of the state, which is, Mm -hmm. You know, we do have a lot of people contributing from that. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I think it's such a nice, we, we are so lucky in Pennsylvania, right, to have such a um, really wonderful community that is dedicated to ed tech. Um, I think actually, Emily, didn't you, when we were at Pete and C, talk to somebody who was like, my state did not do this well. And so I came here because my state did not do this well. I did. I was in a session with somebody. I think she said she was from West Virginia. And I was like, and you came to Pete and C from West Virginia? And she was like, yeah, our version, basically our version of Pete and C is not good at all. So instead of going to West Virginia's version of Pete and C, I chose to come to Pennsylvania's. And, and then I convinced her to sign up for the out-of-state region of mm. PACT. And I was like, and come to all of our virtual stuff. And awesome. Yeah. Listen, you can't, you cannot put a price on the fellowship, the connections, you know, that time together. Like there is nothing like a really good PLC to help you in any of the various areas that you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. We have a new out of state coordinator, uh, Jennifer Haston, who's uh, just had her first onboarding with the other regional directors. And, um, yeah, so I'm excited to see what she does there. So we're hoping to feature some of our new board members in our next pod, but I'm um, definitely somebody to reach out to. And um, yeah, that's exciting. It's yeah. and it, it again with technology. And I mean, obviously, like you were saying, you know, before that, which shall not be named occurred, yep. you guys have been doing this like we're now in your backyard, like we're able to do this. We're not all in the same room. You're able to do yeah. things, whether it's Zoom, whether it's Teams, whether it's Google Meet, like there's there's something out there, Slack huddle. I mean, every every program out there has a video platform now and and what you're able to do you know it's really cool like and our out-of-state does an awesome job we've done was it murder at margaritaville the one they did a murder mystery virtually they've done like, murder um, mysteries they've done book studies yeah. and you know it's the nice thing especially because you know it's a good collaboration all the regions usually jump in on that because you know we're a team it's not you know one or two people running it is a team that runs the organization so yeah and even i always say good well i was just gonna say i always say we were doing cyber before cyber was cool <laughs> yeah yeah I, I was gonna say like you guys just did a goose chase that had a lot of people from different parts of the state yeah. and, and possibly out of state i don't know you, you would know more about that so yeah a lot of a lot of really cool opportunities so all right so we, we your checks in the mail for you know pumping PACT and K2. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> but one of the main reasons, you know, you're both working at cyber schools, you're doing different things, and 
Um, you know, there's this little old thing called the Cyber Sisters. So give us give us some backstory yeah. to this amazing podcast collaboration. All right, who gets to start this time? I think this one's Allison. I'll start it. Listen, I love I love to talk about this. Um, so this this was a, a wonder and a dream. Um, kind of starting this podcast. I think both of us, I'd say we've been teaching for, I, I guess, about five years at that point. Um, and we had been young teachers. Both of us had just started, you know, we, we did our student teaching and all that kind of stuff in, in brick and mortar classrooms. Um, we started really, really fresh in the cyber environment. And I, I don't know if this is true of all teachers, um, but certainly many of the ones that I talked to, you hit that like five-year slump, right? You're no longer a new teacher. You're not just trying to get your bearings. You're not trying to figure out you know, what you're doing, you're really trying to figure out who you are in the classroom now. You're trying to find your own voice. What's fun for you? What's awesome for you, right? Um, around the same time, Emily had gone to KTI. She had sort of started this process of like exploring and thinking about um, who she wanted to be in the classroom. And we were inspired uh, to work together on our school has these things called differentiated supervision projects in place of an observation. And uh, we we did for that year start this podcast. And what we wanted to do was specifically reach out to people that we knew from our PLC, people who were like doing really cool things in their brick and mortar classroom. And our goal was to learn from them. We wanted to bring them on the podcast and say, hey, listen, you're doing something really cool something I wish that like I could be doing in the classroom. I just have to do, as Emily says, that extra step. I got to figure out, can I make this work in my environment and what steps are involved with that process? And so we did, did these two-part episodes very much in the beginning where we would have somebody come on, talk about the really cool thing, really high-level thing that they were doing in their classroom, and that person would be our coach, right? They would talk us through, this is what I did, and this is how I planned it, and these are the materials that I used. Um, and, you know, these are some of the pitfalls that you're going to sort of think through. And then Emily and I would go and we would try it in our actual classrooms with our real students for a whole month. And then we would come back and we would reflect on how to go. Right. We were very, very honest, very transparent. We had a lot of failures that year. <laughs> there, was, there was one year um, that we did like a whole video feedback series and it, it worked amazing. I think in, in the brick and mortar rooms. And like I, I think made like 127 videos that I think like three students watched. Um, <laughs> So we, we were very transparent um, about that process. And over the years, you know, as we've evolved, as the podcast has evolved, it's become a little less try it -y. Um, But the, the concept is still really core, is still really the same. We want to go out and find people who are doing really great pedagogy, right? Because whether you're in cyber, whether you're in brick and mortar, good pedagogy is good pedagogy. Good learning is good learning, right? There's no way around that. Um, it's just how do you apply it using the tools that you have available, for the students that you have on the other end, right? And so we try to bring in those people, those people that we genuinely wanna learn from, the people that we wanna be like, that we admire, um, and bring them in and have those conversations and uh, get schooled uh, on, on the podcast for everybody to enjoy. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. And if you Emily? look at our guest, if you look at our guest list, like three quarters of them are KTI and PAECT people, because honestly, that's how it started because I'm pretty sure actually, Allison, it was right after you had gone to KTI. That's, I, I think you're right. I think I did yeah. that there. Because it was right after, because you knew all the same people at the beginning. Yeah. So we were like, who do we know that we can reach out to and who will answer us? Um, <laughs> who's also doing like doing really cool stuff, right? I think that yeah. there's this sense of like, once again, you get into that five-year slump 
where you as an educator are trying to find your voice. And like, I don't, I, I, I cannot speak for your guys' experiences as early teachers, but there, there was a, a period in that very beginning where you're just trying to get through the day. You're just trying to get everything graded. You're just trying to get all the lesson plans turned in. Um, and you, you do hit a point where you want something to aspire to. Um, and I wanted to set that bar really high for myself, right? Like I wanted to know what are the best teachers in Pennsylvania doing? I went out and I found some of them. Let's hang out with them. And, and Emily wanted the same thing. We wanted to set that bar high for ourselves. Um, and one of the great things about working with teachers is that there is no group of people who is more willing to share their secrets than educators, right? They desperately want you to succeed, right? Because this is not a profession where we need a bunch of, you know, a, a single star or a single voice, right? We need everybody to be great in education in order to succeed. So if you've got a secret sauce, educators are the first people out there to share it with somebody else in the hope that like a rising tide is going to lift all boats. Very good. Yeah, boy, I don't know. Talk about the differences of their start to teaching and our start, Dom. I know. <laughs> didn't, even, didn't even have a computer for the teacher in the room. I, know. <laughs> I was like, I always say you might back in the eighties when I was coming out of IEP, my ed tech uh, final was, you know, thread a non-self-threading projector, thread a self-threading projector, forward the film strip when it beeps. You know, that kind of, that's basically what it was. I mean, yeah. You know, the, hey, hey, but the tricky part was when they got the two-sided cassette tapes, Tom, and you had to pop it, flip it, yeah, and play, listen for the beep to advance the little slide. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. That was good stuff back then. Yeah. Talk I mean, about, that was talk about raising talk about raising the bar. Like we didn't even know what a boat was. I mean, we were trying to do whatever. Yeah. I remember like, oh, my, my first chart. Charlie's been sleeping. She went for several That's walks today. She's a little antsy right the, now. The PACT mascot's getting a yeah. little crazy there. But All right. The pod, the I remember mascot. taking a research course down at Cal U for my first master's. And we did this, we went into the a computer lab and they're teaching us the internet. And so you have to, you know, type this word, then you put this in parentheses or brackets or this and you and or 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 but you can put this slash but. And as a social studies background, I'm putting this in and I get three hits. <laughs> I'm like, why would you do this when you have a card catalog and you have microfiche? I'm like, mm -hmm. this is dumb. And how it's evolved to what we have now. It's like I try to explain to the kids, I'm like. You couldn't just type in a phrase and everything in the world pops up at your fingertips. It was this long, drawn-out process. And then if you type something wrong, nothing popped up. But if you typed everything right, maybe something popped up. I mean, I, I feel like that's even true for us inside of the cyber environment. What my teaching looked like in my first year, just from technology capacity, right? Like, I remember Emily and I collaborating on, like, Google Forms when they first got branching. And it was like, how can we use this to create interactive, you know, assignments and all these kind of things. And now, right, we've got Nearpod and like live feedback and we've got integrations from, you know, all these different platforms and all, all of these tools that are at your disposal. Um, and it's almost a, a tech overload problem, mm -hmm. right? Like I find yeah. myself being like, how do I make sure that I'm going deep with these platforms? And how do I make sure that I understand not just like what they can do, but why would I want to do that, right? Like what pedagogy is really underpinning the tool that I'm choosing to use? Because there's a lot of flashy stuff out there, but that doesn't yeah. mean that it's going to get to that deep learning, that critical learning, the stuff that's going to really move kids. Yeah, that is true. I mean, there is almost an overload. 
And it, it's weird because I was a tech coach back when CFF first came out. I was in the third cohort and looking at stuff. I'm like, okay, this tool wasn't any good. This wasn't, you know, this was okay. Some of those tools have gone by the wayside and some of the tools that weren't very good in the beginning, they've upped their game and they're it's actually really good. So you have to go back mm -hmm. and revisit and, you know, and then some of the stuff, cause it's, I believe it's um what open course, open software month or something. Oh like yeah. That. Yep. Mm -hmm. oh, yep. Yeah. And I was going through the list and I'm like, I remember some of these and I remember, mm -hmm. you know, our school, cause we were a Microsoft school and we had office, but you couldn't give um, licenses to the kids. And you, a lot of people didn't have Microsoft office. They couldn't afford it. We're, we're title one district and finding things online that work with Microsoft that were free. So kids could email their, paper home yep. because Google docs didn't exist, mm -hmm. you know, type something up, email it back. So they, if they're falling behind, they can get caught up. I remember going through all these open source, trying to find, you know, programs that, you know, worked and which ones were compatible with what. And, you know, it was crazy. It, back. Then. It, it was the wild, wild <laughs> west. Right. And like, yeah. nobody was looking at terms of service, like early, early, yeah. early stuff. Right. It was yeah. just like, I need to physically communicate with you what's in this lesson. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and now, you know, there's, there's so much more behind the resources that you use. Right. And so many better questions that we're able to ask about, yeah. like, how are we keeping kids safe? How are we protecting their mm -hmm. data? How are we building in new stuff, right? There's like a huge conversation around AI right now, which I think is like, you know, sort of taking everything by storm, um, sure. you know, and it's just, but I, I think for, for those of us who spent a lot of time in ed tech, right? Like we've, we've seen the thing kind of come in and, and it has always, at least in my experience, produced better learning because I'm able to make a better project. I'm able to do a cooler thing. I'm able to dive a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm excited for what this new technology is going to bring to the bring to the table for us. Well, one last old joke, you know, Dom's talking about having the perfect, like, basically, you know, search phrase. Well, back then, Dom, you only had three pieces of construction paper, and, <laughs> the, die cut, and the die cut was how big, and you had to have the perfect phrase for your bulletin board. Yeah, I only have one shot to make this with the die cuts. Okay, so there's your old joke. Now, fast forward, um, as far as tech goes, I mean, we were using thin clients and pulling you know from our tech office to the computer because there it was network it wasn't internet you know and yeah. gosh open the open the door to the internet like how scary that was for schools now you know all the different things that are going on but um and i mean you know kids gosh talk about the wild west like youtube is synonymous with google but google bought youtube youtube wasn't right. a Google product google docs dude okay so here's your pop question does anybody know what company google bought that basically is what Google Docs is today. Do, no, do, but I, know. I, I, I know I knew a long time ago, but I forget. Mm -hmm. So Rightly, W-R-I-T-E-L-Y was the name of the company. So we were like in our little middle school tech group. We're using Rightly to collaborate. And then Google bought them out and turned it into Google Docs. So I mean, like wow. even some of the big companies and stuff they're doing now. Um, it, yeah, so it's pretty wild, like all the humble beginnings of different things and how it rolls. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, and even like looking at the AI, the, 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 the most, um, comforting thing about AI is the big companies, um, sitting on Microsoft and Google, I've talked about on the pod before, but they're actually, ironically, normally our job as ed tech is, you know, we need a lot of band-aids cause we're, we're on the cutting edge and getting cut and sliced and before yep. our friends are, so we can understand it to teach them. But when it comes to AI, like there's a lot of stuff out there and there's a lot of wild stuff, but like they're taking their time rolling it out. I know Google and Microsoft specifically are working with 
different groups of teachers and like asking teachers what they think before they press the magic red button to push it live. And, you know, so it's interesting when you look at how things are rolling out with like designer and, you know, now I don't have to worry about the perfect phrase for a die cut. I, I'm doing a phrase to create the perfect image for my digital agenda I use with my kids, like something that's purple because it's the purple math group and like all these things come up with a meme and like, you know, you're using AI for all that stuff, the dad jokes. And um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting. So, so that cyber sisters concept really like talk about, I mean, I, I think what, what year was it? It was because of that, you know, fun year that we all had being remote where you guys really took off. Is that right? Yeah, so <laughs> we, we were a very, very, very small podcast. Um, the, the joke that Emily always used to say was, I hope my mom listens, right? And that's, we, we really did this project as a differentiated supervision. We had our principal and probably our moms and like a couple of friends who were listening. And um, we had put it out. It was, was it like right before? Yeah, no, we had one season yeah. in, right, Emily? Like in, I think it in was the our bag. first season. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it was season two. I think it was season two because we went all the way through. Like I remember Holly's episode was in there, uh, her yeah. very prophetic episode. Um, we we had some some fun ones in there, and we got to the beginning of you know 2020, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you know, everybody and and their mom right um, is is writing into us and has found the podcast and is saying, "I need help with this. I need help with that." Um, do you have any resources for this? And we are our, our viewership, right? Because I think we were one of the few uh, cyber education podcasts just sort of like out there on the web. We went from being like a four view podcast to like uh, significantly more. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many more. All of a sudden we had, we had like international viewers suddenly. Um, and it was, it was a really big explosion, uh, which is great on the one hand, because it meant like there was something that we could genuinely do to help other teachers. And I think that was a really satisfying feeling to look at a situation where we had so little control over what was going on. But like, man, I could send this template. I could talk somebody through how to make this idea work. Here's some tips and tricks that we can give. Um, and it, it stayed, I think, a, a, about that level of just sort of like user interaction for a really, really long time. We've, we've kept a pretty good audience um, you know, sort of moving out of these years, but we we get a little bit less of the, you know, I don't know how to use this particular tech tool or how to use this strategy, but that's because we all learned together. Um, we all had the opportunity to, to you know, be battle tested, um, you know, on on the ground, but it, it, it was a wild experience. Neither of us, when, when we started this, were really kind of going into it to like be influencers or anything like that. And then all of a sudden it was just like, well, congratulations, you're going to get to be famous. So... <laughs> I just, uh, so I just looked, it was season one because I just pulled up oh our, our website and I pulled up the show notes and we were nine episodes in. Wow. And then it's the bonus episode called yeah. Pandemic Pedagogy. Yeah. Wow. Mm. So yeah, we were nine episodes in. Wow. But yeah. yeah. I tell you. And it, it started like it started for us. We, uh, when we were at Agora, we used to have our back to school PD in State College. And because Allison and I lived close to each other, we would carpool. And so we were driving together to State College and we're in the car and we're like, hey, what do you think about this crazy idea? What if we started a podcast for our peer coaching? Do you think our principal would go for it? And so we like planned this whole thing in the car driving to see college 
and then driving home from state college. And then we emailed our principal and we were like, hey, what approvals do we need to do this? And um, we made her this whole like crosswalk document because, you know, it was our project. So it had to tie into all of the Danielson domains and how is and that's part of the reason why it kind of like shifted a bit throughout the years, because once I didn't have to tie every single known show note to a Danielson domain, um, I stopped doing that. Um, to be fair, once the pandemic hit, that, yeah. what, that, that crosswalk kind of went went right out out the window yeah. anyway. So um, but yeah, so once I didn't have to tie everything to a Danielson domain for that project, um, I didn't anymore. Um, but yeah, and to think that it's been we are on now season five five yeah season five um and like and we've experimented with different like lengths of time between episode releasings and we're we're now down to once a month just because our lives got crazy um but especially when with both of us transitioning out of the classroom and into the instructional coaching role and like what does that look like and things like that but yeah like Every time we talk to people, I say to Allison all the time, like, this came out of a project that we had to do for school. And I don't think either of us imagined that, like, here we would be five seasons later. And, like, and people come up to us at Pete. It actually it didn't happen to me this, Pete. Oh, you, I... I had a really, I had a really, really good one because I, I did have some actual school friends who were there this time, and I, I had somebody come up during the middle of that, and it was a, it, it was like a very fun moment. But it, it is, it, it's very surreal um, because yeah. it's this very limited audience, right? Where you're, you're sort of well known. Um, so when you do have conversations with people, and you're like, oh, you're a listener, you know, it's, it's always yeah. sort of a fun, fun experience. Yeah. Well, that yeah, it's like the the conversation I got about. Yeah, when I'm walking my dog every morning, I listen mm -hmm. to your podcast, and I was like, I'm going to choose to take that as a compliment. And uh, but the, <laughs> yep. The, the, yep. The, the dorky one, the dorky one is last last year at Pete. Um, my daughters and wife were with me when we got there because they were going to hit the the swimming pool or whatever the the little water park they got there. Or no, it would have been two years ago. And because um, last year we were at Kalahari, but two years ago, and uh, there was a person coming through, and they're like, Oh my word! Mom, mom, we were just listening to this his podcast on the way up. It's Eric Ferno. I was like, and my daughter. So like, they kept walking. I talked to them. Thank you, thank you for listening. Da -da then you know, apologize for Dom and do everything that I do. And then so I'm walking, and my daughters were all like, "Oh, Mr. Podcast," you know, like like bringing me down to earth. It was pretty funny. So um, you know, Dom, listen, listen. I'm scrolling through here. First of all, you'll be happy. Look at this. It's, it's an Apple website on my computer. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see how many times Dom's been on here. Oh, so Melissa. <laughs> Melissa's been on twice. Um, Sam Fesich, Dr. Sam Fesich. All right, okay. All right, let's see. We got recaps. Yeah, well, let's see. What about Verno? No, I mean, we got to have them on our podcast to be on their podcast. I like yeah. how this is working. Even, Charlie, even Charlie's not happy about the fact that you haven't been on here. I, I know. Yeah, Ramel Gibney. I mean, there's some great people on here. You're talking yeah. about, you know, I see. I could see, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Verno and, and as the people that don't know the the fun of for all of us trying to schedule each other and yeah. and for the record this is the first time the two of you have been not just behind a microphone i believe correct me if i'm wrong but on camera yes in yeah. the podcast yes. yeah so that's pretty wild right yeah i'm i listen i'm so jealous of your back end platform we were we're having a little banter like pre-show 
uh, for, for all the listeners. Um, and I'm, I'm used to a certain amount of like having to manipulate various things in the background. And we've, we've done other podcasts before, um, but it is always such a pleasure to be on someone else's show where like they have to press all the buttons and they have to do all the things. Cause Emily and I are so, um, uh, stringent, I would say about what, what our backend experience is like. Uh, but this, this one is beautiful, right? It is so, it has such a nice interface, um, it's really user friendly, so we we may be switching on over. I I actually really enjoy getting to see faces, right? It's it's much more mm-hmm. natural experience. So if you're listening right. on our feed, you're probably listening to the audio, but uh, we'll we'll make sure there's a link in our show notes to make sure that you can come see our faces, like actually in person, because we just yeah. love a smile. Allison, stringent is not the word I would use. Organized, <laughs> more organized is the word that I use. Very, very hyper organized. That's that's why I need my Emily, right? Like, I'm I'm out here bringing personality, and my girl is back there being like, yes, but also like, where are the notes, where are the resources, where are the invites? Like, girl, you cannot just smile through everything. Like, I need a checklist, right? And that's. You know, the, the secret to our success is that we have a, a good blended relationship. <laughs> <laughs> that works. All right. So that's awesome. So I, so I love the, the origin story, you know, we were talking, you know, you know, we had, we just had Koi, Koi Boyles on, you know, on our podcast. You know, yeah. Some famous people. His and CDs over my, my shoulder yeah, here. Yeah. Work on that. Yeah. And a uh, little, little post Zach Brown, uh, Pete and C a couple years ago. And then, um, but he talked about the origin story and that's what you're, that's what you're sharing. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. it is. It's, it's your origin story and it is cool. Like, when you're sharing, because you know teachers do love to share ideas, but a majority of teachers, when they don't share, it's because of insecurities. True. You know, and, yeah. and I mean, so in listening to your podcast, you've done a great job. First, you're picking people that are that have that little bit more of that extroverted nature, but the way you kind of like lead into it and kind of segue into the different things is just a very comfortable way. So that's that's a props to you both yeah. and. Um, in the way you do that and just that because it really is you need to need to share that story and yeah. and what's really cool is you were just a, a an awesome voice to have at a time where people needed to hear calming voices and sharing those stories and because of what everybody was going through so yeah talk about a a wild time so yeah oh, and well, Dom and I you. always joke that we're more popular outside of the state because people don't want to listen to us in the states yeah <laughs> we have my neighbor Kevin and he listens so he could pick on me like when That's after it. we're done I go out back and hang out on the deck he just sits there and you know, you made a mistake about this. Your lighting was bad at this scene. The guy with the beard, he has inferior equipment, but he comes across better. <laughs> He's funnier than you. I, I get the whole uh, checklist of. We're going to have Kevin on here pretty soon. Just yeah. Set the, set the record but, straight. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point because that, with the sharing, as Charlie is throwing a fit here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, p- teachers are very, they don't like doing stuff unless or implementing things in their classroom, a lot of them, unless they think they have it mastered. And in today's society, you can't master these tools because by the time you master it, it's either gone, it's changed, or it's been bought out. Yep. It's, you know, you have to get comfortable with, I know it enough to be comfortable and and let's work with it and, you know, go from there. I think that jealousy and envy can, can happen a lot in the teaching environment, but they are some of the most useful emotions that we have. Um, I, I am a very prone to like jealousy envious person, right? Like when I, as a teacher, see somebody, you did something cool or you did this or you had that idea or you did this implementation, right? Um, I, I immediately know that that's something inside of myself, right, that I want to tap into. And I really try very, very hard to set as a rule that the second that I feel what I call that little feeling, that little itch, 
right? I'm going to make that person my friend, right? Because nothing will evaporate faster that the, the negative pieces of that feeling than getting to know that person, realizing that they're not perfect either, and getting to care about that person and having them care about you sort of in return. And so I think so often you're, you're correct. We are, there's a lot of perfectionism inside of education and it is a very scary and a very vulnerable thing, not only to sort of come out in a public format and say, I'm, I'm not there yet. I want to be where you are, right? I want to be seen trying. I want to be seen in that act of not just being already cool, right? I'm going to make mistakes and you're going to see that effort. And I do think that as a profession, um, you know, teachers really look at that and, and can sometimes be like, oh, if there isn't the sheen, if there isn't that polish that's already there, if it doesn't seem effortless, like it doesn't, it doesn't count, right? Or maybe it's not as effective for the kids, right? That's, that's the other one that I think underpins a, a lot of our insecurities as teachers, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, if I haven't mastered it already, was it even worth it to try it? Like, have I harmed a child by not being already good at something, right? Um, so I, I, for my own personal, you know, philosophy, have always tried to really follow that feeling because that lets me know the direction that I'm supposed to go. That's a friend that I'm supposed to make. That's a connection that I'm supposed to be in there and, and to really try to stave off that, that piece of myself that says that I have to come out like fully formed, right? If nothing else, I'm modeling for my students that like, this is what growth looks like. This is what that vulnerability looks like. And I'm, I'm never going to be polished. I'm never going to be to that, that shining level that I'm holding this person to, um, if I'm not willing to go through that process. And what I have found 100% of the time is that when you talk to those people, right, you, you, you look at the, you know, guest list on our podcast. And I would say certainly, you know, from my own vantage point, from Emily's vantage point, right, like we look at those like, oh, shining stars, you know, everything's perfect, right? But you, you get five seconds into any interview with them. And they are the hardest critics of themselves. They'll, they, not only are they sitting there being hard, they'll, they'll tell you all the ways in which they feel like they're not measuring up to their own self-image, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it's a really wonderful exercise in, you know, seeing yourself in, in other people. But, but follow the funny feeling, right? I think we, we have a tendency to really squash that down. Um, don't. Jealousy is a useful emotion. Go make a friend. Use it. <laughs> And we had a lot of people tell us back when we were doing that try it, reflect, try it, reflect setup that they actually, their favorite episodes were the reflection yeah. episodes that we did because it was after we had tried whatever we were trying and we were like, hey, this worked, this didn't work. I spent hours recording video feedback and half my kids didn't listen to it. Um, and it was interesting, like we keep coming back to that example, but I actually was just working with a group of teachers and we were talking about feedback and different ways to give it. And I literally said, you know, I tried this once in my classroom and this is what I found. And they were like, really? You tried it? And I was like, yeah, I was like, it wasn't here. It was at my previous school, but this is how I did it. And this is what I found when I tried it. Um, so it was great to be able to like have that actual firsthand experience of it um, because I had done it for the podcast. Um, so yeah, but a lot of people really liked those reflection episodes when we did it. Um, and it 
fit the Danielson model great back then. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing. The most important yeah. thing. Yeah. We did, we, did, we did well in the project. We did well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it too, well, maybe not because I know some older teachers that have been around as long as I have, that they mm -hmm. still are apprehensive, like failing. Um, yeah. They don't want to seem like they're not, you know, if they're working in front of the class, they want to have full command. I, I have the mindset, like I've always offered the kids, like I'll give you extra credit. You know, if you could figure this out, like some, this tool isn't working. I used to use iPads and, and iPod touches in the classroom as my computing platform. It never failed. Like right before I was going to do something important, a new project or present on them, they updated the apps and the apps didn't work the same way. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, this isn't working. Let's try and work through it. I'll tell you what, first person to find the, you know, the fix, I'll give you enrichment points and I'll get you a gift certificate or a candy bar. And they're like, why? I said, what are you going to do when you go home? And they're like, we're going to play video games. Like, okay. I have to cut the grass. I have mm -hmm. a toddler. You know, I have to go do this. I have to go do that. I said, you have time. I don't. I says, and you could probably find the fix faster than I can. I says, I'll gladly compensate you for helping out. And they kind of like being the smarter, the smarter cool. than the teacher. Yeah. And nowadays, because because someone on this podcast, I have to buy donuts every time I make a major mistake. <laughs> I let that leak out. I, I took that bad idea. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't the smartest person in the room whenever I agreed to that. <laughs> there was a speech it. that I used to give, like literally first day of class every single year. Um, in my ELA class where, and uh, the listeners of our, our podcast will have heard this story probably ad nauseum, but I, it, it is so relevant, I think in, in this particular moment, right? Where I would ask students, what are you here to learn? Like you're in my class, welcome, this is me. I love sharks, they're my favorite animal. That's pretty much most of the stuff you need to know. Um, but like, what, what are you here for? Like, what are you here to learn? Um, and we would get tons of answers, right? A lot of stuff that you would expect. It's like, we're going to learn how to diagram a sentence. We're going to learn what a verb is, right? We're going to learn how to read a book, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I would always get in and say, you're, that's not actually what you're here for, right? Like, I hope you learn those things. And so does the state of Pennsylvania. They put them in my standards, right? Like, I, I want you to learn those things. You're actually here to learn how to learn. Because someday you're going to go out and you're going to leave this classroom. And you're going to go to another teacher's classroom. Then you're going to go to another teacher's classroom. Maybe you're going to go to college. Maybe you're going to go to trade school. Maybe you're going to go uh, to the moon. Who knows where you're going to go? And you're going to have a problem that you need to solve, right? You're going to encounter something real in your world. There's something you're going to have to read. There's a word you're not going to know. There's something you're going to have to do. And the first time that you encounter a problem or a challenge or something that you don't know shouldn't be in that moment. I don't want you to have that freeze, that panic of, crap, I don't know what that word just meant that everybody used in that conversation, right? And I, I don't know what to do about it. I don't want you to pick up a manual or read something that's how to use a really complex piece of technology and freeze and say, I don't know how to read this. This is too technical for me, right? I want to be the voice that in that moment, that freeze where you're a little bit afraid can bring you back to, these are the principles of learning. This is just a word you don't know. This is just a, a, a technical piece of writing. I know the steps to this. I know how to break this down, right? That's that's what school is actually for. It's there to take you through that freeze in real life, right? So the more that you can do that in your classroom and say, this is a freeze for me, right? I, I don't know what to do with this piece of technology. I don't know where to go off. I, I don't know what this word means. I don't know what this button does, right? I'm going to model for you that freeze. I'm going to let you be a part of that because someday you're going to be out there and you're going to have to do it by yourself. And I, I want to be there spiritually, 
in that moment. <laughs> All right, very good. We need that on shirts. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a spirit animal. There we go. Get that. That's awesome. No, it's good stuff. And it really, it does like that. That's you know one of the toughest things. Like it's just you know letting go. And, yep. You know, I, the the other thought is the other thing that came to me as you were talking was, um, you know, obviously you know us being on that geeky side of tech, um, and just uber excited about the different things, uh, and then like the tech ADD moments were like, ooh, ooh, that's that's got a flashing bell. Ooh, that's got a flashing light. That's really cool. Ooh, I like the way that that you know sizzles. That that make, you know, there's a little bit of that. So it's like you got that concept of like, listen, I could do a lot of things okay, or I could do these select few things mm -hmm. well. It may be mm -hmm. even great, mm -hmm. and, but it, you know, so I might not be getting some of the bells and whistles, but like, you know, like, like when Sway came out, you know, go to the Microsoft products for you, Dom, like <laughs> it was like, you know, PowerPoint, everybody was using PowerPoint, death by PowerPoint, Google slides came in. And then when the kids went to Sway, it just took all of the, they spent five hours making an animation on a slide. So like you're missing the content aspect, you're missing the coming up with just the final product. It doesn't have to mm -hmm. be the flashiest. Yep. And then who didn't get sick watching the, every letter type on every single screen? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. Like, right? But like, but now when you kick it in a sway, the content is king. It's what they put in there. You press a magic button and it makes it look like a million dollars and they just, the button took 15 mm -hmm. seconds. Yep. The content's what they focused on. So like, it's figuring all of those things out and fine tuning and like, but again, still being aware of, you know, what are, what are these other things coming down the pike? What do I want to use? And mm -hmm. it's a whole process, but you know, and then back to your podcast, having that ability to have people listen to people share, um, and that reflection piece. I mean, I've, I've sat in so many different PDE groups and, you know, they talk about how reflection is so big and I'm like, and I, I, I was in this one when they were doing this stuff for the, the new, uh, steel, um, curriculum and steel standards and we're in this meeting and there's like 30 different teachers from all over the state talking about different things and i was like listen i you know i'm i'm the most gray-haired person here other than the person that was running the whole thing for pde and i said i just got to throw this out to you i i know you've mentioned reflection six times in the last three minutes i've counted and i get that how huge and how big that is but we have the reality of lack of time yeah and like and let's let's face it, if my principal walks in and we're just spending an hour on reflection, I know it's important. But with all that going on, there's just a reality of things where like I need to be doing different content, different items. So, you know, so but it but so it doesn't surprise me that your reflection part of your podcast were so popular because that is such a huge piece of the educational process, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's definitely something that I, I think it's authentic reflection, right? I, I think that even sometimes, and, and I've, I've sat in those meetings as well, right? I'm an instructional coach now. I get and assign a lot of reflection. And I can tell when it's, I know the right words to say, right? I know what to turn in because at the end of the day, I've got grading to do. I've got lesson plans to do. And I just need to kind of check this box off the list. Um, in, in my own coaching, one of the things that I just moved to was trying to take my voice out a little bit and start having my teachers work in groups where they felt like they could be a little bit more authentic with each other and do that reflection piece, right? Because I think what was powerful about Emily and I working together the way that we did is that we did not pull punches about saying when something didn't work um, or something that we tried 
and, you know, a little fix that we were able to find, right? We were able to spend the hours it took to find that little trick or that tip, right? Mm -hmm. And now you can benefit from that too. Um, so I, I think when you're talking about reflection, right, it's not just are we creating reflection for our students and reflection for our teachers, what protocols and what systems are we putting in place to make sure that that place is authentic, is safe, feels useful, feels like if I actually invest in this process, I'm going to get something back as, as a return. Um, and I think those of us who are in a position now where we are doing that work, facilitating change, bringing in new initiatives, bringing in new ed tech, right? That's a, that's a huge area of challenge for me is I know how to do this work myself, right? And it was basically find a friend, find, find a buddy, a person I really trusted and just jump in and get messy. But it, it's really, really difficult to manufacture that experience, right? Um, when you're somebody who is trying to put together an organization or trying to, you know, unroll an initiative, right? They, I, I do think those connections, those friends, um, that's that's an important point, right? Because those are the people that we're willing to be vulnerable and authentic with. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. I, a yeah. lot of great stuff again. And this is the reason why we need to push all of our listeners over. Uh, do that search for the Cyber Sisters yes. podcast. We'd certainly um, love to have you. Again, let's bring on the let's bring on the Apple Podcast because this will be the last time on the Apple website. Uh, we're so we're on Apple Podcasts too, Mr. Verno. I didn't I tell you about I, that. I will I, say I, for for our listeners listening, you should you should jump on it. There's really really good stuff. There's a reason reason we out there. Yeah, no, good stuff there. Yeah. And then see, I'm I'm a I'm a third party guy. I like listening to on my third party, you know, podcast player kind of a deal. So, um, but yeah, no, awesome stuff. And then. So currently you're producing once you're at once a month. Is that your cycle that you got? Yeah. Once, once a month usually, because we, we try to really make sure, and they're, they're a little bit longer in our format. Like we're usually an hour to an hour and a half as a podcast. So if you're somebody who likes to listen while walking your dog, we're great for that, man, you know, break it up into some little, little sections and challenges. Wait, wait, hold on. You're stealing our three dog. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Stop. All right. You walking your dog right now. Do not click on their podcast. (laughs) You won't have a good time at all. (laughs) Your dog will bite you. (laughs) He told me. Now, listen, our timing is we, our goal is always 45 minutes, but the Paisanos get going. So um, we've had some great conversations here, but I know we've kept you very long, but we do have our most important questions. Now, if you did your homework and if you were at Pete and C and got to see Dr. Jill Seiler's, uh, keynote we were very honored um to have our not only just our mugs but some conversation about her uh being on our podcast and the question we asked her so uh, hopefully i'm seeing the smiles because they remember their homework or it would be like (laughs) me getting ready for something i'm smiling because i'm like uh i didn't know the assignment all right so so we got it's a two-part question all right so you can answer both off the bat or we can get first question from both of you and then go to the second one so it's all about your superpower so there's, we need to know, what is your superpower at school in your day job, right? What would you consider your superpower to be? And then in life, what would what superpower would you like to have? So who would like to kick yeah. this off? And it's like, it could be like comic book sci-fi superpower. It doesn't have to be something grounded in reality for the second question. Do you want to take it out? <laughs> 
I was going to say, I was prepared, but that's not how you worded it on the question. <laughs> <laughs> you said, what is your superpower in life? Oh, said, or at school. So, yeah. all right. So, or was in there. All right. So, what, what would you prefer to do, Emily? Well, I, the answer that I had prepared, yeah. which Good. I guess could go, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you can have that power in life. I know her answer. So that's weird. Yeah. Was that I always like to keep learning and which could, could go either way. Um, mm-hmm. Especially with this new job is definitely challenging me to continue learning um, because I feel like instructional coach is a whole different ball game then even though like I was a social studies teacher and now I'm coaching social studies, it's still, it's different. (laughs) It's different. You go from working with the kids to working with teachers. And sometimes, you know, we can be intimidating or we can be very critical of our coworkers. So I I get that part. (laughs) Well, I, I have a very clear answer. Okay. I've thought about both of these extensively. Um, and in terms of like actual superhero power, right? I think the most underutilized one is teleportation. Um, and part of that has a sappy reason, right? I've got all these friends all over Pennsylvania, people all over the world, all over the country uh, that I love. And I wish I could just like go out to coffee with whenever I wanted and the ability to just be like, let's think of our watches. And like, I will be in Chicago, I will be in DC, I will be in Philadelphia, right? And like, just like two seconds and meet you where you gotta go. I feel like this is the greatest super powerful connection. So that's that's definitely that one. Um, in terms of the classroom, um, it is a, a radical confidence, not in everything, right? Let me be very clear. There's a lot of places where I am not a, a confident person. Um, but the, the most radical place that I have always had confidence is I have confidence that I can genuinely learn anything. Right. I have, there's never been a bone in my body that saw like a thing out there to learn and wasn't like, I can learn that. Right. Now, let's pretend I wanted to learn how to like play basketball. I don't think I'm going to go play for the WNBA or anything like that. But I do always think that I can get a little bit better. Right. Like I could, if I needed to, you know, I can learn how to dribble, I could learn how to shoot, I could improve my ability to do almost anything that I really wanted to. And so the question that I have to ask myself is what's worth my time to get better at, right? What, what do I really want to apply that superpower to, right? Because there's a lot of things to learn and only a little bit of time. Um, but that's, that's the, the thing that I think has kept me the most going. It's just that absolute radical confidence. It doesn't matter how complicated the thing looks. I feel in my bar- heart, <laughs> in, my, in my bones, my bones and my heart, my heart. <laughs> Uh, that that I that, that that is something that I can I can take on I can break that down I can learn that thing. All right, some good answers there. Nice. Yeah, good. I think tell- about teleportation every time I am stuck in traffic. I'm just <laughs> telling you. <laughs> why can we not just teleport places? <laughs> like it's so underrated. All these people are out there being like, "Oh, I want to fly." Why? So you can get bugs stuck in your teeth? Like I have <laughs> never understood <laughs> when teleportation is right there. It's it it is. It is the top notch. See, and this is where like my mind kicks into like the weird gear. And like we had the conversation about flying, like I'm afraid of heights. Well, I'm afraid of falling. So what would happen? But teleportation, the like if you see like in um 
some of the sci-fi movies where they break you into pieces, but you don't mm-hmm. always come back in the right order. I fear that we kick in like, oh man. Listen, I'm just prepared to like accept it radically. And that I I am a radical acceptor of the GPS, right? The GPS always knows where it's going. I'm always going to follow its directions. I never question it. If it's taking me a route, I don't know. I always say to myself, oh, there's probably an accident that way, right? I have so many people in my life who have no radical confidence in that. They question it immediately every single time it comes up. So I I feel like that's how I would approach teleportation. It's like, I'm going to come back fine. It's going to be, and you know what? If it doesn't, I'm certainly not going to know, <laughs> but I do know I'm going to be having coffee with my friend and that's uh, apparently worth molecular damage. So it's it <laughs> Galaxy Quest was the movie where the teleportation. Yes. Yes. Very, very sideways. Yes. <laughs> it's such a good movie though. Truly one of yeah. the good Well, you know, you, when you say that, you don't want to turn out like Mike TV. All right, from Charlie oh. Factory. Oh, yeah. Gotta be careful. All right, okay, so let's avoid all of those negative thoughts. He is, he is, right. he is the great cautionary tale when it comes to oh, and tech in general. Yeah. Tom and Finn would not be bad. I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, great stuff. So, all right, awesome stuff. And obviously with your answers being so close, we understand uh, there's more than one meeting to Cyber Sisters and how close the two of you are. Um, <laughs> Definitely. And uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, almost sharing that brain with those answers. So really good. So listen, it's it's taken forever. So the backstory just bouncing back and forth with schedules, trying to get things going. And then we had you lined up and, you know, Dom remembered, I forgot we double booked and all that jazz. So it was great to finally have you on. And uh, it'll be another let's see, you're you're on season five. So, yeah. so I, yeah. Dom, you and I will probably eventually get asked on for their season 10. Um, <laughs> and, uh, or we'll have to invite them back on ours during their yes. season 10. It's probably what's going to have to happen. So there you go. Yeah, we'll we'll and, have you um, on any time yeah. if you're going to simulcast. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds there great. I, let me tell you, I'm I'm very impressed with this setup. You guys absolutely make it look so easy. Um, and this this has been such a wonderful time and a great opportunity to learn to do something different. So we, we appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thank yeah. you. And, uh, you know, but Dom, the thing is, when they do this and they do some live stuff, they're probably going to remember to send people the candy that you keep hoarding. <laughs> it looks you always so keep it for yourself. Uh, Reese's yeah. Pieces. I did. I, I, I broke protocol. I, sm- I I picked up. My wife's like, what are you doing? I says, I owe our guest. I says, M&M's. I got two different kinds of M&M's and I got Reese's Pieces and smuggled M&M's in the Hershey Lodge. Oh, yeah, but what's the best part though? He forgot to what? What's that? Forgot to, he forgot to tell people they were there and give them out. They sat in front <laughs> of the oh, No, no, no. I gave, I gave, I gave Doctor Jill that. Then I had these oh, on our table. That's right. Eric kind of slid him behind his screen and put a, a jacket over him while we were talking. Oh my it on me. Yeah, yeah. If you believe that, I have a statue in New York. I'd like to sell you. All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. We truly appreciate thank it, you, ladies. And uh, again, there's a sad dog in somewhere in Pennsylvania who's on lap number three. So we do need to to wind down the podcast. Yeah, she's right here. Bad. She's been oh, whining and growling. And... <laughs> That's why I thought you said Bart. I thought it was Bark and uh, Hart all the so, anyway. All right. Well, thank you all so much. We'll thank send you, you back to the virtual clean room. Thank you, right. ladies. Okay. Take care. All right, good stuff, good stuff. All right, now and Charlie's now happy. Yep. Okay, all right. great guests. Yep, yeah, that whole concept of learning stuff, right? Hearing and and how they're doing it, how they're killing it, and yeah. uh, just getting to hear some different things that they're doing. It's awesome. And and again, I just really feel strongly that it's not just about you know it, like we go back to different mantras that have been said at P and C, right? It's because kids, 
And because yeah. kids doesn't mean it has to be brick and mortar. Because kids doesn't mean it has to be in state. It could be out of state. Like, we got to do whatever we can uh, to do the best thing we can for kids because it's because kids, you know? Yeah. And, and having that network, you know, the more the more ideas, the more voices at the table, the stronger the network is, the, be- the better the ideas are. You bounce, you bounce things off of more voices, you're going to get more input. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan big believer in why reinvent the wheel every time you know and like they said you know there's things they've tried and you know oh yeah i did this before here's here's what worked here's what didn't work you know here's what we could try and and what you know why start from scratch all the time you know it's good to get the different views and that experience built in Mm -hmm. definitely so yeah so looking at you know the map we're looking at the month of march that'll be our first time um doing a podcast post uh, PNC or a PAECT board meeting uh, where you and I are at the helm. So we'll have some things to share there and yeah. um, definitely going to be interesting and going into, we'll make sure we bring back tech notes um, and some different things to share during that, that, uh, that podcast session. So, all right, man, this has been a great podcast. I've learned a good bit and uh, oh, always, yeah. always great spending time with you. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging in there. Thank you for coming to listen and, and uh, you know, live, or if you're listening to this uh, recorded, uh, to the awesome uh, presence of the the Cyber Sisters and uh, the knowledge they had to share. Yeah, check so out their really podcast. Can... Yeah, check it out where podcasts are served. All right, well, thanks for watching and listening, and always remember, P-A-E-C-T, we are. The voice of EdTech. In Pennsylvania. And. Beyond. All right, let's thank our sponsors. PAECT would like to thank all of our sponsors. Venture sponsor, Eduspire, Corporate Council members, ClassLink, GoGuardian, ClearTouch, and our gold sponsors, Sam Labs, Howard Technology Solutions, and Teachers First. We at PAECT truly appreciate all of your support. Once again, thank you.